Hello everybody and welcome to episode one of BPM, the podcast where we get behind people's music. really excited to have you here for episode one of the podcast we made it we did it we have something together i haven't just lured you in with the introduction podcast and now run away there is actually an episode here let us know what you think of this episode because it's of course got a certain style and format right now but that could change in the future if you think it should you know do are the questions good enough are the interviewees good enough is it spaced out well enough is it too long is it too short what do you think what are your thoughts and comments please do let us know the best way to do that is facebook you can go to the facebook page that's bpm podcast or you can go to the website bpmpod.com that is where all of the episodes will be uploaded and there'll be information on how you can find out more about me uh, what I'm up to, where I'm going to be, because I also play music live as well. I don't provide earplugs, though, so uh, you come at your own risk. But uh, you can find out a lot more information there. So I don't want to speak too much before we get into this very first episode, because I think it's just best we get started, really. You know where I am. I'm in the sound hall in my apartment that is um, got this one huge room, basically. And uh, yeah, not been very well recently. Been quite ill. And I now remember that when I did this first episode of the podcast, I was feeling very fresh and really up for it. And this week, everyone can crawl in a hole and disappear because I've really not been very well. It's been the first time I've sort of been ill in Berlin. And it's a completely different feeling to being in a small town and ill. I think in a small town, you can really zone out from things. Things are quite quiet. But here, you still need to go out. You still need to do stuff. And there's still quite a lot of noise. So it's been a bit, bit, a bit tough this uh, past week or so, but now we're harking back to times that were absolutely fantastic with the very first episode here. So let's get into the very first episode of BPM. Our first episode is with Chris Weinhardt, who is a multi-instrumentalist, German multi-instrumentalist, and singer. He's been touring Europe and the US for about the past 13 years. He's a really sought-after touring musician and produces original soundtracks for game companies, and he also offers guitar lessons and vocal lessons to people, which is uh, really, really good. He's also an official partner of Seymour Duncan Pickups, so I was like, Jesus Christ, this guy, he knows his shit. Like, Am, am I really qualified to interview him? Perhaps he should be interviewing me? I don't know. Do we class him in the amateur semi-pro bracket? And then I started listening to some of his stuff, and I was even more scared. Like, oh my god, this this guy has got his shit together. Like, he has really got it all going. Well, you know, what, what am I doing here? Well, I sat down with Chris, and Chris, my god, turns out to be one of the loveliest people you could ever talk to. And we had this fantastic conversation that you're about to hear now about his inspiration and how life on the road is his aims his plans for the future it was super cool meeting meeting chris and uh, here's what happened with chris weinhardt who you can find out more by going to chrisweinhardt.com that's chris w-e-i-n-h-a-r-d-t.com and you can go there and find out a lot more and there'll be links 
with the episode as well. And we just had a really good time. Really, really good time. And uh, yeah, good memory from a few weeks back. So here you go. So relaxed right now. You can now. if you want. I don't mind. It's up no, to you. No, I, I, I try not to. You try not to smoke. Well, I, I, I just like I didn't have the moment where I was like I want to quit now. Mm. It just sort of happened. Like I woke up one morning and I, I really don't want to smoke. It just, really? Yeah. And like smokers all over the world would be like, "Oh my god, that's amazing." How yeah. How do? did you get through that? Like, I was I, like. I, I just don't want to. I don't know. Wow. Yeah. And you didn't like a week or two after just think, no. oh, I have any sort of weird symptoms or turn into some sort of monster or something? No, no. It's just the point where I'm like, sometimes I just want to have a smoke mm. and then I smoke mm. Mm. and then I don't for like two months. Like, Did, does that affect your voice at all? Have you noticed anything's different? No, you don't. It depends how much you smoked, I guess. Yeah, right. I had those weird moments where I was like, like a really high-pitched thing belting and suddenly the voice does like this yeah when you're 14 years (laughs) but no other than that i was i always told myself like the the greatest singers they all smoked so i must be a great singer when i smoke if frank sinatra was a chain smoker i guess yeah yeah yeah. i must be frank sinatra (laughs) yeah yeah so i've been listening to a bunch of your stuff online actually already Mm -hmm. um i'd say a bunch of it well what have you got out in the minute two songs out right on Bandcamp, at least, but maybe there's more somewhere else. Yeah, a bit digging around, but yeah, on Bandcamp, yeah. Damn, I have to update that page. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for reminding me. Yeah, it's all right, anytime. Yeah, so there's an older song on there. It used to be, or is like a YouTube thing. It was a fan song for a YouTube channel. Uh huh. Like I'm really into let's play channels. Oh yeah. yeah and my yeah. favorite channels, like two best friends play, so Canadian guys, and they're like focus. They let it. They don't focus, but they especially like to play horror games okay and i like that and they just have like stupid funny thing when they're together in a room like it just clicks and they they do their thing and i love that Mm. so i made like a fan song Mm. took Mm. some of their in jokes and everything and put lyrics around them and put it like a riff oh two best friends that's yeah oh two best friends that was the first one right? right yeah so and like the fan community really enjoyed it so it has like i don't know almost thirty thousand views on youtube mm. i mean that's not not no, like no 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 but still but it's still it's 30 a thousand and like the let's players themselves like patrick is one of uh, one of their names he like posted it on twitter mm. so success mm. i guess So where did it all start for you? Let's start right at the very beginning. I think it began when I decided I want to play drums. And my mom said, no, you don't. Because like in a one family house, there's it's loud. So, and they were like, no, that's, oh, oh well, we appreciate you wanting to make music. Because in, in high school, I sucked at music. Hmm. I had like, an, like a five, an E. 
Mm. So mm. I didn't want to clap rhythms or anything. And suddenly he wants to become a drummer. So what's up with him? <laughs> but it's still too loud. So fuck no, <laughs> you're, not getting, you're not getting a drum set. And I was like, shit, okay, well, what to do now? Um, and I watched YouTube where it was just, well, I got thir- how old is YouTube? 10 years, right? They had their 10-year anniversary. Maybe. Don't. You make me feel old. I'm not sure. Well, like two, 10 to 12 years. I think it was one of their first, like, when YouTube started or something like that. I saw a clip of System of a Down playing Big Day Out in Australia. Mm-hmm. And they played Psycho and added, like, this at Liberum solo at the end where, like, the guitarist Darren was, like, twisting around and played just a bunch of fucked up notes mm, mm. and i was like that, that's so fascinating that's that's cool I, I don't know what it is what he does and i don't care but i want to do that too so i ordered a guitar and an amplifier from like this huge music store can i say its name i'm sure you can okay. i don't know if we'll ever get sponsors but go for it yeah so why so not from toman oh toman yeah. oh, i think i think you're gonna get a lot of mentions of that of the people <laughs> i speak to because that's where i buy most of this stuff yeah. so that's where all of this stuff has come from so oh right yeah yeah they just have good service so if you want to send me free stuff toman <laughs> <laughs> do it yeah do it but yeah so i ordered like this regular starter pack like a black and white stratocaster and of course 10 watt solid state amp <laughs> and a shitty cable that broke after i don't yeah. know taking it out of i the remember box. those days yeah <laughs> so i just and i had no i didn't even have a tuner i, I just started to like noodle around with it mm. because um, i i had a um, and i had a like an like a skype friend from from austria back then and he was like playing guitar like offspring songs and everything i'm not that much into punk but uh, he was like he had a guitar and he knew how to to do something with it so i asked him can you like show me over skype the basics so what, what, mm-hmm. this is a tap i think can you show me what a tap is how to how to uh, how to do this and he showed me, okay this is the e-string and everything and then i just started teaching it myself and that was really I mean, I used to sing in a choir in school, in, 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 in what's the term, primary school, hmm. but I don't think that does very much to do with my musical education. Well, maybe, maybe it does. Maybe. I don't know. I, I'm not going to go psycho, psychoanalyst <laughs> on you. Maybe, maybe somewhere in your head it does, but I'm not, I'm not I sure. I think it, but. maybe it paved the way for, for later on because I, I hated my voice in, in high school. I still do, my speaking voice. And I was like, I, I, I can't sing. I used to sing in, in primary school, but that, that, that shit's lost. I'm never mm. going to be able to sing again. Mm. And then I had to sing in front of the class and music class and got an A. I sang Morning Has Broken from Cat Stevens. Okay, yeah. And like the whole class was like, oh my God, he can sing. And I was like, oh my God, I can't sing. <laughs> it's a miracle. Yeah, I can wow. walk again. How did this happen? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's like... The, those two events like buying a guitar just because and having that moment oh i actually can sing again or i don't know and that should be the start yeah that maybe that was the start mm-hmm. of this whole journey but then you so played as a hobby and how old were you then when you first sort of started playing as a hobby and teaching yourself Four, 14 15, 14, 15. Maybe, so maybe a lot of people around yeah. that age like seem to pick it up yeah and myself was 16 also but some people say that's actually pretty old for picking up an instrument yeah yeah well it can't be that old because we'll get into it in a minute but you're a music teacher as well right Mm -hmm. and your oldest student we were talking about before is how old 63 years old and they've just picked up the guitar yeah for the first time in their life and would you say they're making good progress 
has age like sort of stopped them a bit or well in that particular case it's uh it's it stops them it stops her because of her her sight mm. because her eyes aren't that great anymore so, so so she just has to like look for three times gripping the cords or i don't think so no just no. Ma- like how much time can you put into it mm. because older people or i guess adults have to deal with other stuff mm. grandchildren children jobs so they can't put much time into them well maybe they could but they don't want to mm-hmm. and we question things right where it's hard to like learn like properly yeah so when i'm learning a language now your bloody language <laughs> and, and, but no but you just want to question everything because you already know a lot about other stuff and you think you know everything so you want to just question everything and mm. you're not just soaking things up which is what you should be yeah doing But how did you ever get to the point then where you were just a teacher? Did you ever get accredited or anything? Or you just played a lot, I guess? Yeah, uh, I'm, <clears throat> I think like most musicians in, in teenage years, I was thinking about dropping out of school. Like it, it wasn't ever like this, okay, I'm going to do it. Mm. So this much is holding me back. It was just... It's stupid to say in an audio podcast this much. He's so gesturing with his fingers. Very close. Very close. Yeah. It, it's, he's on about, yeah, how far he was from going yeah. to school. Not something else. Check the penis link. <laughs> um, no, that would be a podcast about me. That would be another day. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, no, so I was, like, I was thinking about like, dropping out of school for music and maybe changing school to, to, to go to music school. There's a couple of music schools in Berlin and my ex-girlfriend, she did something similar like that so she dropped out of of our like um gymnasium a levels mm. just to pursue her music career and everything but um did that, that work that, out that, or? That, for her yeah i think so okay i think so yeah she she's also a vocal teacher right now mm. i think but uh, somewhere around germany yeah, yeah. but you didn't follow that no i i didn't i was well my parents had the very conscious thought of now just please do your a levels and we'll see after that we'll we'll see something something will happen we'll see so so i did that and when it was like after my a levels i decided I, i i had to i couldn't just like grab my guitar and move somewhere without money without a home and just like living this rock and roll dream whatever that is so i was thinking well maybe do an apprenticeship in the music business but still play your ass off every day after work and practice and practice and practice because i, I never had a problem with practicing practicing s- is, sounds shitty if you're practicing sounds good you're not practicing mm. it has mm. to sound stupid because otherwise you already can play mm. so i worked for publishers like universal and everything and for a speaker company and always something to do with music not mu- per se like not making music for money but the business side of it mm, mm. and that was interesting but that was also very uh, eye-opening but yeah but it's a business right yeah at the end of the day it's a business and it, there were some cruel decisions made where i was like oh damn I, i feel really sorry for the artist but i guess we're not earning any earning any money with him or mm, her so mm. fuck them i guess mm. and yeah I, i but i always kept playing and practicing and practicing and practicing And decided very early on that I, because I'm a, I'm a rock and metal guy, I, I grew up, my, my, my mother showed me Genesis and Phil Collins records. So wow. the prog rock thing. Prog like, rock, yeah. Yeah, but my father liked Scooter, so. Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah, we'll move on from that. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
so very early on i i figured if i just keep playing like palm muted 16th notes and i don't know nightwish or halloween or whatever that won't make me like it'll make me perhaps a good metal guitarist but it won't make me a good guitarist in general or a good mm. musician mm. because mm. I, I don't like the thought of stagnating getting stuck so mm. i decided to buy a like an acoustic guitar and learn some piano and play chords i never played chords until a certain i also play power chords mm. what do mm. i need a third for i, I don't give a crap yeah, and yeah. Then suddenly oh my god oh wow i can use another <laughs> finger and this happens wow a major sounds great wow. <laughs> and c and all this stuff it's great yeah so what, what were your inspirations though when you were sort of testing yourself and practicing and growing up who inspired you you listed a few to me already before yeah this and uh, I must admit, I never heard of any of them. All right, not at okay. all. Yeah, I, and and when you when you when you asked me that question, I I actually sat down for a minute and and thought about it because the most obvious choice of influences for me would be like the guitar players that inf influenced me like over the years or in my, in, in my like career or mm. whatever it is. There were always like certain genres that I preferred, and the guitarists coming along with them. So I started with the whole metal thing, like I said, mm. and there were like Nightwish was a huge influence, mm. not just not just playing wise, but also sound wise, because because that in my head, I wanted that sound from the guitar player, Empu Vorinen. He's from Finland and he sounds great. It's a super melodic playing with with I don't know, with his solos are always a bit different. Like he uses the whammy bar, but not just woo, mm. Mm. but tasteful. That was a great impression. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> so, I, the first like part of my influence were always metal guitarists, like like Embu from Nightwish or well, I don't, not Metallica, Metallica person, but every, every rock player is influenced by Metallica in some way or another. Yeah, yeah. So, but with over the years, where I started to learn piano and acoustic guitar and everything, those influences changed drastically, and I started to listen to. Stephen Wilson and like Dretch and every everybody uh, like those bands like progressive post rock thing mm -hmm. I guess um, especially the, um, the Dretch album El Cielo like really opened my mind to to what is possible with the guitar. Mm. But when we, when were you sort of influenced by that band specifically? Because when I listened to your stuff uh, that was on Bandcamp. Mm -hmm. I actually found it quite similar. I don't I mean that in really? a good way. Not in, not in like a you ripped them off. That's not what I mean. <laughs> but but no, I found it relatively similar. I was like, ah, okay, yeah, I could see that influence. All right. Cool. Thanks. Would that have worked about that time? Or is this a band you sort of got into recently? Or Ooh. has it been a sort of ongoing influence? I started listening to them, oh, I think, seven, six to seven years ago. Mm -hmm. So not that long ago, yeah. but also it's not just... It's not recent. The weird thing is when I when I start writing, I always get back to my metal roots if I want to or not. Like it always creeps its back its way back into my writing style, and it kind of annoys me because I try to write more simple stuff and soft stuff, and it just doesn't happen. So I, I don't know. They they influenced me so much on a, on, a, on, a, on a sound level, production level, and songwriting level, but I, I think it doesn't show as often as I wish it would.
But you touched on it very, very quickly then, actually, um, about balancing a sort of what people call a typical career, I guess, with um, with music, which a lot of people don't see as a typical sort of career path mm. at all. How do you do that? Because you do work another job as well, which would be good to talk about. How do you do that? And what are the sort of reactions you get from people? Do you still get the reaction from people when you say, oh, yeah, I'm a musician, and they're like, yeah, but what do you really do? <laughs> kind of yeah. thing. Well, I think I think I've made it like clear early enough that I wanted to do something like that. So people were well, maybe not expecting it, but they're like, "Oh yeah, you talked about this." So good for you. You actually kind of made it. Like I said to you earlier, I, I just worked this normal job for the most part a because of the money because I I well, I need to put food in my fridge, so yeah, yeah. there's no way around that. Uh, when I when I when I work like those those music business jobs those were basically 40 hours per week office jobs and they were never like the music career i thought about or was dreaming of so yeah it was working with music in music business but it was just like a facsimile mm-hmm. so, and that's not just it didn't work for me out because it, it just made it, it didn't make me happy i hated to get up five o'clock in the morning just to get the train drive one and a half hour through berlin seeing the same gray faces every morning at the same spot in the train all those people who are also not enjoying their job so i decided well i'd rather earn less money but do some something i like and i love and maybe it's going to put me through some tough times and it's not going to be easy well art is never easy i guess Mm. but I'd rather do this and, I don't know, don't buy a pedal every week or another amp. But just, I mean, like it, for me, it's great. Of course, touring around the world was, would also be great. And I, I did that and I hopefully do that again. But right now, pretty satisfied with how things turn out after 13 years sitting in a bedroom hmm. playing bili, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all night. And yeah, you work with a games company, right? Uh, yeah, I do. And does this involve you composing music for games as well? I read that somewhere. I, it used to. It used to. I wrote music for for three or four app games, and I got to work like with those cool programs, like um, dynamic music programs. So whenever the screen changes, or I don't know, your spaceship flies through an asteroid belt or anything, the music changes, mm. or like mm. vocals appear or drop or everything. Uh, I don't know. Oh, but that's cool. That that was awesome and really fucking insane what people can do with this shit but I mean, it must be almost like composing music for a film or something really yeah Cause uh, in a sense because you've got different scenes and sort of things i guess you want to get out of it mm, but the thing with the game is that the player is actually responsible responsible for the thing that happens on screen mm. so you have to write the music not accordingly but well in a way i must admit computer game music or soundtracking, I guess, if you want to call it that, is really something I've never thought about. Mm-hmm. Like, not as something to do myself, but I mean, it's just a whole level of expertise and writing that I've never considered, mm. actually. I wanted to ask you a little bit more about um, touring and things, because you've toured before and played for people before, right? Session right. stuff. And you said you don't do that so much anymore. No. Do you miss that a lot? Or well, yes and no. Be- well... I like every 
other musician I started with, like doing a student band and playing covers and everything. And then you you slowly progress from there to writing your first riff and writing your first song. And and it was always like I I had my 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 own band or my own bands and working as a session musician just suddenly was there so I, I didn't plan on it because session musicians are freaking amazing like i i think there there's not a like uh, well there's there's a lot of more a lot more awesome playing session musicians than there are like original band musicians mm. because mm. they they, they just can play every style and they have equipment for every style and they know how to use it so and i never planned on doing that i was always like like i said the rock metal mind thing oh, I'm, I'm going to have a band like rock and metal band or progressive rock was somewhere around five years ago. We were like, oh man, odd times. That's the thing. Like, because of, of a producer guy we worked with, and he was like, well, there's there's like this this freaky project. They need a guitar player. It was like with a with a with a puppet show, a puppet show with with metal band uh, context, so mm. to say. Uh, yeah, I do that. So when I need a guitar player, I, I don't have to book anything. Like I just sit in a van, put my amp in, and let me drive to the venue. That's great. I don't have to do all that other shit, pay for anything. So, and that was the start of me, like, actually, this is kind of cool. Like, s sitting at home, practicing, I do that anyway. So, may I, d I play other people's songs anyway. So, if it's like, if it's a Nightwish song or if it's a song from a local band, I don't give a fuck. It makes me a better player. So, yeah, I'll do it. I don't have to book the show. I don't have to book the van or drive the car mm. or anything. Just rock up, do your thing. Yeah. Yeah. Get on stage, get get off stage, and drink beer. Mm. That was mm. a great, greatest thing ever. <laughs> Listen up, folks. Did you hear about them spirits? Eating up your dreams, hunt for your screams. Now this ain't a tale you've ever heard before. Come on, get closer, and I'll tell you a couple of things happened on tour and I was like man I just want to I just want to play my music again I just want to for the first time ever release music with with my name like a big name tag on it not just the band my, my progressive metal band uh, it, was, it was called Road Not Taken and but it That's wasn't ever I like that yes it is That's a good one <laughs> but and, and it was like the band banner okay but it was never just my name and I was a songwriter anyway so and I thought well let I'll just give it a try. Fuck, fuck it. We'll we'll see what happens. I'll just do that and put the whole session thing behind me. That was great. That was cool. And I, of course, I will do it again if some. But there, you have to learn the songs, of course. And when the like the singer or, or songwriter is like, no, I don't. I want you to play the song different for this show. Or now that effect doesn't sound good to me. Or please change the guitar. Don't use. Well, I don't know. A Strat. Use a Les Paul. You have to like you, you have to own a shit ton of equipment. Do you still get into the city? Because we're just outside of Berlin, sort of city proper, really. We're in Brandenburg, technically, I guess, right? We've yeah, crossed the line yeah, into Brandenburg Yeah, we now. crossed the yeah, line. Yeah, we crossed the line. <laughs> a long time ago. No going back now. <laughs> we went past the airport, and I was like, yeah, we're going quite a way now. Like, we're, we've gone quite a long way. Because even you had to pick me up from the station. I was like, I can walk. But then when you picked me up, I was like... Yeah, I'm glad I didn't walk. Like, yeah, that was actually yeah, quite a long way. There was, yeah, like, you have to, to take this staircase, which is, like, 20 meters in height. So I was like, oh, no, I'm not going to, <laughs> to do this. Why, well, thank you it's very going much. going to be exhausted when he's here. But do you get into the city very often to gig or go to open stages or things or I, not really? 
it used to be more, but because also I didn't have like the the, the, the recording stuff back then and, and then doing the video game thing and everything. So, so we were just like often in the city and also for work, like for regular work, like the publishers and everything. I never did the open open mic thing. I always wanted to do it, but never got around to it. Is that cool? Yeah, I love it. Yeah. It's the only time I get to gig. I just like to play in front of people. I don't like playing in front of one person. I find it quite embarrassing, mm -hmm. actually, just doing that at home. I think amongst a crowd, you can just sort of like share the embarrassment a little bit. How do you go about writing songs? Do you find being out here in the sort of countryside helps a bit? Gives you some space to think, I guess. It does. And I, I, I do well. It always sounds like like we're outside of Berlin, like there must be cows and pigs everywhere, but no, no, really no. not. It's still pretty industrial, and so yeah. you're not like in the middle of nowhere. Right. It's and not the sound of music. <laughs> like, you're like... Yeah, you're right. <laughs> No, we, we still we have this like huge university. Well, not huge, but it's a university city with thousands of people from other countries, thousands of students from Asia, and I don't know. So there's still a lot of people, and like you said, it's had it has an industrial feeling to it. There's like a huge factory um, next to the university. Um, awesome for sound design. They have like this, like uh, I don't know, like when they compress metal plates, mm -hmm. and sometimes like one one o'clock in the morning. You hear like this really, like machinery, heavy machinery sound, okay. and it sounds like Mordor. Wow, that's so cool! I need I need to record this and send it to you. It's great. It's really like, most people will be like, "That's annoying," and you're like, "No, that's really cool." But it, to me, it's like like this, this super romantic sound of it, like a train in the distance. Oh, you know I that? Yeah, yeah, it's great, and you, you have that here. Doesn't make a difference. About the side effects, I can feel your influence, little mental architect. How do you sort of go about, like, how do you approach it? Like, I mean, with me, it's very much luck. I just sort of pick up a guitar and find mm. a chord or two or three notes, and then I just ride off of them. And I guess that's how a lot of people do it as well. But do you have a sort of similar theory, or do you approach it in a more theoretical way, given your background? Or? I, I try to, but yeah, mostly it's just luck, I guess. Sometimes it just happens and it works, but my, because I, I tend to drift into like this the same chord progressions or shapes or anything, and it, it, it annoys me. It, it annoys the living hell out of me, like every time playing the same chords over and over again. I try to, to I want to break free, hmm. but <laughs> it just oftentimes it doesn't happen. What, what I figured what, what helps is switching to another instrument. Like, for instance, some time ago I started to uh, um, learn how synthesizers work. And I, I bought like a little analog synth here from, from Korg and bought a Massive for, for uh, like the native instruments, Massive. Mm -hmm. And that gave me, like everything you know about guitar just vanishes. So it's because it's a whole different approach of writing and, and creating sounds. And that is inspiring to me. And that's how I try to work on new songs. Like take, take a sound and make something out of it.
But you've been relatively successful, really. Even you said that earlier as like your musician, you're relatively pleased with like how you've done and yes. like what you're doing. And of course, there's always more to do. Of course, definitely. So, what is the sort of next steps for you? What are the aims? The album is, is, is coming. Some I don't know when. Maybe well, early 2019. I don't know because yeah, writing songs is hard, yeah. and writing lyrics is even worse for me. Yeah. But yeah. my life is so boring. <laughs> I love to. I love to. Maybe love moving out here wasn't a good idea. <laughs> no, <then. laughs> maybe, maybe not. But I do very, very bad with lyrics. Actually, works when when I write a story, like from like from another uh, person's point of view. So for the for the first EP, I wrote this song called Spooky Western, because it's basically a ghost story that happens in in the, like in a desert western thingy. So the plan is to release the next album, and I'm. Because of my background with Genesis and everything, maybe I'll do like a concept album, writing writing a story thing. Of course, like I said, I love I love playing gigs, I love playing shows. So touring from me, for me is it's hard to book shows. Like yeah. everybody wants to play live, yeah. and let's be honest, there I'm not saying that I'm a super good musician, but there are so many shitty bands, yeah. and clubs don't want to book any more bands because they've seen so many shitty bands. So. To, to to be able to stick out of like this whole mess of, of bands throwing together I don't know songs here and there and not caring about their live show and it, and it makes it super hard. Where can people keep up to date with the stuff you do? What's uh, the best place? The best place would be my website, which is Chris uh, hyphen hyphen. Thank you, Weinhard. That's should I spell that? Yeah. I will spell it in the intro, but go for it. Thank you. So it's This is your moment to brag about yourself. W-E-I-N-H-R-A-R-D-T. Fuck. Let's do this again. Let's W-E-I-N-H-A-R-D-T. <laughs> dot com. Dot com. Yeah. So it's chris com. I do have a, a YouTube channel and, and, and a Facebook thingy like Weinhardt Music and everything. Chris, thank you very much. Thank you for having me. But we're going to hear you play a song, right, before we go yes. anywhere. Yes. What is the song you're going to play? Do I you think know? It's going to be it's going to be the Spooky Western, but I need to tune my guitar down. Not a problem. Step. So the Spooky Western. <laughs> Otherwise, Chris, thank you very much for being here. Thank you for being my thank first you. loyal victim. Thank you. I hope you it very wasn't much. too bad. No, it was great. Thank you for having me. And now we'll hear a little bit more from you on the acoustic guitar. Listen up, folks, did you hear about them spirits? Eating up your dreams, hunting for your screams. Now this ain't a tale you've ever heard before. Come on, get closer and I'll tell you more. I used to be somebody who had someone by his side when everything changed on that fateful night. She was my pretty angel, a little fallen star I loved everything about her, every hair and every scar But two wasn't enough for you, it had to be three The last kiss that you gave did not belong to me You broke my heart, now I drown in booze I wear your memory like a hangman's noose There's a ghost in the desert when the clock strikes two I wish I could forget what I did to you One 
hour after midnight she was finally asleep Another hour later I threw her in the deep Darkest hole that I could find beneath the hollow sphere When a tiny weeping voice came creeping in my ear Now every goddamn night I live to tell the tale Of me and you and our life behind the crooked veil One day I shall return to you until we meet once more I think I can hear very faint a knocking on my door Oh, you broke my heart, now I drown in booze I wear your memory like a hangman's noose There's a ghost in the desert when the clock strikes two I wish I could forget what I did to you You broke my heart, now I drown in booze I wear your memory like a hangman's noose There's a ghost in the desert when the clock strikes two There's an unmarked grave where I buried you